it's Thanksgiving week, and the dad of the house, the dad of the family, it was his tradition to be in charge of the Thanksgiving ham. That's just what he did. And so there he is in the kitchen, and he's getting ready to make the ham. And his little girl walks in and watches him. And so the dad begins to make the ham, and he chops off both ends of the ham. And the daughter says, well, why do you do that? Why do you cut both ends off the ham? And he said, well, you know, I, I just make it like my mom made it. I don't, I don't know why I do that. It's just our tradition. That's just how you're supposed to make it. And the little girl says, but, but you do it. You don't know why you cut the ends off the ham? He said, no, I really don't. I just do it because that's how my mom did it. And the dad said, you know what? Your grandmother's going to be at Thanksgiving today. Let's ask her. So the Thanksgiving table is set. Everybody's around it. And as they enjoy this wonderful Thanksgiving ham, the little girl says, hey, grandmother, why do you cut both ends off the ham? And the grandmother goes, what, what are you talking about? And the dad said, well, you know, I make the ham the same way you've made it my whole life. And you cut the ends off, so I cut the ends off. Don't you remember? And the grandmother just started laughing and laughing. And she said, I remember that's the year that I dropped the ham on the floor and I had to cut both ends off. Sometimes things become tradition and we don't even know how or why or when it happened, but it becomes a tradition. It happens one time and it's a tradition forever. We have things like that in the church, believe it or not. There are traditions of our church that we have that we don't really always know why or when or how they happen, but it's a tradition. And believe it or not, we are standing in a tradition today. Today is known as Christ the King Sunday. It's officially the very last Sunday of our church calendar. So happy church New Year's Eve, everybody. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, it's okay. I'll take that. Yeah. Happy church New Year's Eve. Today is officially known as Christ the King Sunday. And this is why. In the 1800s, the Pope at the time, there were all of these countries, it's pretty much the whole world, they were all ready to go at war at some time in some place. And so the Pope at the time wrote a letter and said, Christ is king over all of the world. Christ is king. Christ is present in all of humankind, even if they don't know God. A little later, after World War I, the Pope at that time moved Christ the King Sunday to be the very last Sunday of our church calendar. So it's a tradition now. And part of the tradition of our church calendar is to follow the life of Christ. And so the very first Sunday of the church calendar will be waiting and preparing for the baby. And so we have that season of Advent, of preparation, of expectation, only to wait for the birth of the baby on Christmas. And then we follow the wise men to bring gifts at Epiphany. 
And then, of course, we take the time to baptize Christ, to baptize Jesus. And then we see the temptations of Jesus along the way. And then we read about all the different teachings of Jesus's life. And we follow the life of Jesus all the way until we get to the cross of Holy Week. And then for the rest of the year, we read stories of Christ, all ending in Christ the King Day. And so it's very appropriate that on Christ the King Sunday, the scripture that we read is actually the last words of King David. Do you get it? Christ the King, King David, do you get the, yeah, all right, you get it. Okay, let's read what the last words of King David are. And they're actually found in 2 Samuel. Now these are the last words of David, the oracle of David, son of Jesse, the oracle of the man whom God exalted, the anointed of the God of Jacob, the favorite of the strong one of Israel, The spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His word is upon my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, one who rules over people justly, ruling in the fear of God, who is like the light of the morning, like the sun rising on a cloudless morning, gleaming from the rain on a grassy land. Is not my house like this with God? For he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and secure. It's amazing that we have these last words of David written. And at first glance, at first blush, it may feel like David's just saying, Hey, look how great I am. I am anointed. I have been the reigning king. It is wonderful. But that's actually not at all what he's saying. If you read a little bit more of that chapter, if you put it into bigger context and really paid attention, what David is actually saying is, look what God has done with me. Someone who is very much weak in the flesh, someone who is very much weak in his humanity, someone who has done many things that not all are good, Even God can use someone like me to make a kingdom good. And God can make that amazing kingdom good using things like light and sun and rain on a grassy land. And at the end, David says, this is the eternal everlasting covenant that God has made with me and my people from generation to generation to generation. And that is our tradition of our faith. We are a part of that everlasting covenant of the kingdom all the way of David. We are the people of the New Testament and that we can call on that same kingdom using light and sun and rain on the grassy land, God can use us too to be good in the kingdom. 
But the way that we, as people of the New Testament, are a part of that covenant is actually through the act of baptism. Through the act of baptism, we are given the covenant and the promise of the descendants from generation to generation to generation. There was a really big Southern family. It's not the same family with the ham. It's a different family. There was a really big family and they have a matriarch of this family. It was a grandmother. A lot of matriarchs, the grandmother, it's a good thing. And the tradition there was to always have Sunday dinner at the grandmother's house. And everybody knew that. You always, no matter what was happening, you better make your way over to the grandmother's house for dinner Sunday night. And what this grandmother did is when she set the table, she had these beautiful silver napkin rings. And what she had done is she engraved every member of her family's name on their own napkin ring. Everybody had their own with their name on it. And so the family knew that's how you knew where you were supposed to sit. That was your place card. You had to go and find your napkin ring and that's where you belonged. Well, every now and then somebody might bring a girlfriend or a boyfriend or just a friend. And so in order to take care of that, she had blank napkin rings. And so the guest always knew you had to go find a blank ring and that was for you. Well, one of the grandsons, he brought his girlfriend one Sunday night. And it was explained to her, you got to go find the blank one. That's yours. And so she did. She sat down at her blank napkin ring. Well, guess what? She kept coming back. The grandson kept inviting this friend. And not too much longer, they announced at one of the Sunday dinners, their engagement. I'm sure it was a beautiful wedding. And when it was time for their very first Sunday dinner as a married couple, you can imagine the excitement that the new bride had, but also the worry that she had. And there she is in the kitchen, helping out as she always did. And the grandmother went and grabbed her by the hand and walked her into the dining room and took her right to a spot and put her right in front of where she was to sit. And the napkin ring that once was blank, there was her name engraved. I offer that as an image of baptism. Being part of the community of faith Being part of a family means there is always room at the table for you. But through the act of baptism, you are incorporated into that family in such a way that your name has been imprinted. Your name has been engraved. And the table is no longer complete unless you are sitting at your place. So no matter what has happened... No matter what's happened during the day, during the week, no matter what events or what activities you have going on, the expectation is, is that you find your way back to the table for your place. Because again, the meal is not complete without you there. And on this very last Sunday of Christ the King, today you imprinted the name 
Harrison Lloyd on our table. And throughout the year, Harris is not the only name that you have imprinted on your table. Here are the other names. You have engraved the name of Porter, Isla, Charlotte, Sophia, Ellie, Clara, Jameson, Emerson, Anna, George, Anne, and Lydia. And now your role as their family members are to make sure we are there to greet them and to take them by the hand and bring them back every week. And we're the ones to be their volunteers and to be their Sunday school teachers and to be their youth leaders and to be their checking up on one another or whatever that name might be. We're their pew mates. We're their friends. And it is our job now to take care of one another and to make sure that we are looking for one another. And so Chapel Roswell, wherever you end up this week, whatever Thanksgiving table, whatever tradition might be around that table, know that Christ is the head of that table. And that meal is an extension of this place right here. And so as you look around the table of your friends, as you look around the table of your family, remember the faces and the names of your church family who are sitting around a table too connected to you. And may you remember in your home on this day and even the first Sunday throughout the year at your table, there is a place for everyone. So help those people find it. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious and holy Lord, it is good to join together as a community of faith on this week of Thanksgiving. And so we are so thankful for creation like light and sun and rain and the grassy lands. Help us to remember that these next days and these meals that we share. We ask that you pour out your spirit on all of our gratitude and multiply it. So we are thankful for all of the things that we see and the people that we get to be with. And dwell within us so that we may not only be inspired to share, but we may be prompted to work for a better world. And Lord, may we help the people who do not have enough to eat and do not have enough joy. May we be those people to help bring them what they need. And Lord, may we take moments this week to pause so that we may listen to one another. Rather than be quick to respond, may we just sit and listen. May we listen to the conversation in front of us. May we listen to what other people are saying so that we may be a place of safety, a place of help, and a place of counsel. And help us not to worry about whatever's ahead of us, but show us ways to work well today and to trust more now. And be with all of those in our community and all that they're going through. 
and be with us as Chapel Roswell and as this church and as a universal church so that we may have new friendships and new relationships that honor you. Amen.